Hello, this is the Executive Girlfriends Group. I am Cecilia Dahl, and my special guest today is Melanie Cole. Melanie is an exercise physiologist and senior health correspondent for Health Radio and an expert in all things health and diet and exercise. So welcome, Melanie. Thank you so much, Cecilia. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks. And, and um, maybe we'll just start by you can tell us a little bit about your expertise and, uh, and what you do with Health Radio um, Network, and, uh, and we'll start from there if you give us a quick background. Well, thank you. You know, I, I'm an exercise physiologist, so I've been doing personal training, cardiac rehab, working with obese children and seniors and people with Alzheimer's and Parkinson's and pregnant women for about 25 years got into the radio thing, and we started Health Radio about seven years ago. We're on stations all over the country, and healthradio.net is our Internet radio station. We interview everyone from the Surgeon General to, you know, transplant surgeons and, and orthopedic surgeons. We do a show for the American Academy of Pediatrics, which is, you know, the largest pediatrician's group in the country and the American College of Sports Medicine, which is the largest sports medicine and fitness organization in the world. We do emergency physicians shows. We do really so many nutritions, and now we even have a new pet health show. So we really cover the gamut of health, and if there's something of interest to your listeners, they can find it at Health Radio if they want to get live on the shows. They run constantly every day, all day live, or then they can listen to the podcast. That's great, and we find that just by logging on to healthradio.net. Yep, and you'll oh, see great. all the millions of shows that we've done or do, and they can find anything with some of the country's really most amazing physicians that come on and, and answer your questions live on the air. Well, that's wonderful, and this is such a, it's such a great thing to have you on this show, and I know I was really excited to be able to um, be here in Chickie Fitzgerald's place today. She's out of the country, but because this is such an important topic for me, and I know for the other executive women uh, in the group, because we're, as all women in, you know, trying to balance and juggle everything are, um, you know, always a struggle to stay fit and eat well, and, um, and oftentimes we're, you know, struggling with diet, and so many questions I have for you, but I'm just wondering if you can talk a little bit about, you know, how does proper nutrition really play a hand um, in successful weight loss and balancing health, and um, and if you can talk a little bit about proper nutrition for, for busy women. Well, you know, that's a great question, and I'll tell you what, ladies, it takes some people a while to make the connection. They say, okay, I'm going to start exercising, and there they are, pushing away, exercising, trying to motivate themselves, buddying up with somebody, whatever they're doing to keep themselves motivated. And we could talk about that later, two motivational tips to keep you exercising. But it takes them a while to put it hand in hand with the nutritional concept that has to go with it. They have to go together. One does not work without the other. You can maintain your fitness level. You can maintain your weight without eating healthy. But you cannot lose and you cannot get to that place where you're feeling that energy, where you're seeing clearer through your eyes, where your skin looks better, where everything feels like it's running together and working together unless you get that food in hand-in-hand in hand with your exercise. So looking at the foods that you eat is the first best tip I'd like to give your listeners, journaling. Mm -hmm. I know busy women, we do not have time. We are so busy, but we have to make time 
to journal. Whether you're on an airplane or a train or in your car, do it with Dragon Speak. Do it with a recording. But every single thing you put in your mouth for at least two to three days, you write it down. Mm-hmm. Everything. And this isn't mm-hmm. just to lose. This is to get control of what you're eating and say, hmm, I'm going to need to change that. I'm going to need to, whoa, I didn't realize I did that. And the hardest part of this is to then take what you wrote down in the mirror at night and read it to yourself. You're accountable to no one but yourself. This is about nobody else but ourselves. And we have to be able to look in the mirror and say, okay, hmm, this is what I ate today. Geez, did I really finish that macaroni and cheese my kids left on their plate? Did I really shove those those extra scones that were sitting on that plate in my mouth? Every single thing must go in this journal for at least two to three days to really be a shock, awakener, whatever it is. Every glass of wine, everything. Needs it to go really, on you know, it really adds up so quick. I've actually done the practice of journaling um, myself in the past, and I'm amazed at myself at how much um, it adds up. And I love the concept of reading it back to yourself in the mirror. And then, you know, once you're there and you write down and you journal, and what, what kinds of foods should we be looking for at different times of the day or for different meals to really create that balance? What are the things we should really make sure we don't miss out on um, in our diet? Or how do you start finding the balance? And well, first I'd like to point out that you want to look at the, the journal and look for the red flags first. Because eliminating some of those is is easier than incorporating some other things first. So first you look at the red flags. The red flags are going to be really anything that has trans fats at all, which there are fewer and fewer foods, but they're still out there. You want to look at anything that you realize came out of a box or is processed or is fake or will be around in the same exact way that it was in that box in 200 years. Look for the red flags. Look for those kinds of things, and then you can start rearranging not only your portions, but the types of food that you eat. So you want to try and incorporate in every single meal. You want to try and make sure that you've got your proteins, your good, good healthy fats, and I cannot encourage this enough. The healthy fats are better for us than anybody ever realizes And stay away from those Atkins-type things that steer you away from carbohydrates because we need carbohydrates to think clearly. Carbohydrates are the only foods that feed our brain and spinal cord. So people don't understand when they say, oh, I'm not eating carbs anymore. Well, that means Mm. a tomato and a carrot and a salad and a vegetable and, 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 and brown rice and sweet potatoes and wonderful superfoods are almost all carbohydrates. So so stop with the words that people use and start incorporating as much of a variety into each meal as you can. And we can go through meals anytime. And well, yeah, and what would be the uh, examples of the healthy fats? So healthy fats are anything that are either plant-based or omega-3. We've heard omega-3s a million times, DHAs. These are the good types of fats. They're found in fish, herring, sardines, anchovies, salmon, not farm-raised salmon, don't buy farm-raised salmon, wild-caught salmon. You don't even want to know. It's like watching sausage be made. You don't want to know what goes into farm-raised salmon or farm-raised fish to begin with, but salmon in particular because it is colored 
with a paint color. Oh, and gosh. so it's really, really scary to even hear that stuff. But you it find is. Them, I eat a lot of salmon. That would just make me nervous. <laughs> well, you want to make sure it's wild caught. And even if you're mm-hmm. going to eat canned salmon or canned tuna, it should be wild caught. And it's no, le- it's no more expensive to buy the wild caught than the, the other stuff. And it's just so much healthier. You're going to find it in vegetables that are oily. You're going to find it in avocados. You're going to find it in actually something that I pull out of my garden, like weed is parsley. It's a little sort of rubbery leaf. You're going to find it in chard. You're going to find it in all kinds of vegetables that are dark green leafy, but specifically avocados and fish. These are the things where you're going to get your great, great oils that we need to have. You have to have those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. I, you know, that's really great. It's it's good to hear, actually, that, you know, these fad diets, they come in and they come out, and I think they can be quick fixes. But, uh, you know, I've tried them. I think everybody has. It just The weight just comes right back on the minute you stop doing it, and um, and you never feel as healthy as when you are eating really well-balanced. Now, you, um, before we got on the call, you mentioned something to me about metabolic boosters and um, superfoods. And can you talk a little bit about those and how they play into a nutritional diet and how much of that kind of thing we should be looking to take in? Well, you know, that it's a great question. And, and absolutely, there are things that help boost our metabolism, which any metabolic, our metabolic system in our body is what uses energy, creates heat in our systems, and by creating heat, our bodies are burning calories, burning energy. So our BMI, our our BMR, our resting metabolic rate, is the amount of calories, heat that it takes to heat up our bodies while we're at rest. So our basal metabolic rate is anywhere from 1,000 to 1,500, depending on how efficient you are. So you'd like to eat foods that raise that up a little bit. Now, you can use common sense and think that caffeine is one of them. It is. Coffee is one of them. Coffee is okay for us in small amounts. I know busy women. We grab that Starbucks. We grab a cup of coffee or more than one. There are certain studies that are coming out more and more that say that, that coffee is also can increase fat oxidation. It can increase the amount of fat your body burns. That's a good thing. Too much caffeine can give you the jitters, and it can also, it's a diuretic. So it can also drain your body of essential nutrients, vitamin D. As women, we need our vitamin D. We absolutely need extra vitamin C. We need our folic acid. And too much caffeine is a diuretic. It drains your body of these things. So a cup Mm -hmm. of coffee every day, that's a good thing. That'll help boost up your metabolism. Another things, other things that help to do that are, are spicy foods, hot peppers, things that have capsaicin in them. So capsaicayum is, is a food that's found in spicy foods like cayenne peppers and jalapenos. And capsaicin is found actually in some anti-inflammatory creams for arthritis mm. and such. If you use it, Wear gloves when you're putting it on because it will burn. It burns any dry skin that you have. But it is found in hot peppers, and it's wonderful, wonderful. If you start to heat up when you're eating foods, if you start to sweat when you eat Tabasco, you know that that food is raising your metabolism. Another easy food to raise your metabolism, cold water. Cold water. 
If you're cold gonna drink specifically. cold specifically, if you're gonna drink water, make it cold as you can take because there's a thermogenic effect with cold water that makes your body need to heat up to cool that water down to to heat that water up a little so that it's able to be absorbed into your system. It does the oh. same when you exercise in the cold. Your body needs to heat up and bring that cold air into your body and and heat it up a little so your body can use it. So cold water has this thermogenic effect and and we it boosts your metabolism just a little bit when you drink cold water. So Very that's another a few others that I'll mention quickly Black pepper, another spicy food. We've got ginger is a good one, mustards, any spices like turmeric and ginger or um, saffron or any of these kinds of things, curry. These are all really, really wonderful metabolic boosting foods. And then we have some you might not expect, which are some of your, like coconut oil. Coconut oil has gone around for years. Some people say coconuts are so bad for you and saturated fats and such, but coconut oil is really, really a wonderful form of fatty acids, those omega-3s I talked about, mm-hmm. and they give your your metabolic system a bit of a boost because it's there, because what they found is that they've got, you know, they've got some properties in them. Coconut oil, now Hawaiians have known for years, they've been spreading it on their bodies. But mm-hmm. coconut oil has has a large amount of vitamin D. It helps to keep our our skin and our hair healthy, and as well, it boosts up your boosts up your metabolism, as well as mm-hmm. B vitamins, B foods, spinach, fish, asparagus, eggs, beans, legumes, all of those things. Mm. Very interesting, and I, I, you know, um, I had a question as I was listening to you talking about, you know, the metabolic um, rate and the BMR and all that, and I started to think, you know, at times when I see myself putting weight on, um, sometimes it's hard to identify what is going on as you put weight on. It might be that I'm not eating the right foods, or maybe I'm not even aware of it. The question that I have is, um, kind of off the topic of nutrition, but maybe, maybe not, does stress actually play a role in your bodily functions in terms of whether you're able to, you know, burn fat or is it just that we're sort of stress eating and not realizing it often or is there any effect of, at all as as executive women we have such stressful lives does that happen to people when you Absolutely. It, it does. does. And feel free to jump in when I go off on a tangent because I do that no, on a regular basis and This is great. I'm loving it's, it. Yeah. It's part of my issues, but yeah, stress has a physical stress that we feel has so many physiological effects on our body, it's almost immeasurable. Not only does it contribute to heart disease, and the studies are proving more and more, but I can tell you when I worked in cardiac rehab at Northwestern Memorial that we started seeing more women, more women coming in with heart disease, with heart attacks, and we started asking ourselves, why is this happening? Well, as more women were entering the workplace in the 80s, in the 70s, in the 80s and 90s. They were having more stressful jobs, more stressful lives. You know, as women, we do everything. We take care of everyone. We take care of our parents. If they're still around, we take care of our spouses. And, of course, we take care of our children. And then soon we take care of our grandchildren. And it doesn't stop. And we're the last ones we take care of. We always are. Mm -hmm. And the thing is that stress not only contributes to heart disease and hypertension, but it contributes to that fat, that extra belly fat, cortisol, 
is a hormone that's released when we're stressed. And cortisol is a hormone that has been shown to absolutely, it plants itself in your, in your midsection. Mm-hmm. And, the, and the fatter your midsection is, not the more obese, but the fatter your midsection. So you can be somebody who's lean, but you've got yeah. this sort of apple shape. Mm-hmm. And the apple-shaped midsection contribute more to heart disease because they put more pressure on the heart as the fat sort of pushes up on the diaphragm, which pushes up on the heart. So you're going to feel this more and more. And cortisol is this stress-related hormone. And we put this out. But don't believe a lot of these products out there that are meant to get rid of your belly fat. They cut the cortisol because the only thing that really is going to cut down on our cortisol is by cutting down on our stress. And the ways to do that are exercise, taking care of ourselves, making sure we see our doctors, get our mammograms, get our pap smears, clear our heads of the things that worry us, whether we're sick ourselves, oh, my God, do I have some kind of cancer or something. See your doctors. Get those things done. Keep a list of the things we have to do in the day because that takes it off of your head all day. You don't have to Mm -hmm. then think all all the time. And then, of course, my favorite is exercise. My kids know what a monster I am if I don't get my treadmill time because I just my, I feel pent up. So exercise helps to release that. You've heard of the exercise high or endorphins. That really does release these wonderful, wonderful hormones. And these are the things that cut down on that cortisol and really do reduce our stress in life. And it's, I can't stress it enough. That's the way right. to do it. Yep, so exercise and nutrition and take care of ourselves. And now when we are um, busy executives traveling on business and all that, what are some tips that you might have for eating in hotels and restaurants and airplanes and being on the go all the time, not necessarily always being in full control of what's going into your food? So the best way to plan for those kinds of things you know if you're going to travel. You know you have to be in Philadelphia tomorrow and you're going to be on the red eye in the morning. So the first best tip is to bring your own food around as much as you can. Carry one of these little containers. They're just little, like a kid's lunchbox. But these days they are insulated. So any food you make at your home is going to be better for you than almost anything you're going to get on an airplane, in an airport, or you know, I don't want to say in a restaurant because if you're a really good orderer, then you can get great food in a restaurant. But mm-hmm. in a restaurant, we'll talk about it in a minute. But when you're sitting around, you do need to keep your metabolism up. And to do that, you need to snack. You cannot eat at 6 in the morning and not eat again until noon. Your your system's going to shut down. You're going to get the tireds around 10 o'clock. You're going to get an insulin spike if you then eat something really sugary that shoots your insulin levels up and then takes them down in a big fat hurry you need to make sure to carry snacks around we need good glycemic index good sugar foods that are that are complex carbohydrates and when i say good sugar i mean ones that are going to be slow releasing take their time getting into our systems cheese cheese sticks you know like we give our kids Mm -hmm. those cheese sticks um you know we want to and granola granola is good for us It has some bad fats in it, so you get good quality granola, or better yet, make it yourself. You know, we can bring cereals around. Make a good sandwich for yourself. Put it on whole wheat bread. 
Use avocado instead of mayonnaise. Use a good goat cheese in there, too. Add lettuce and red pepper and whatever kind of lunch meats that you like. Get those things in there and and maybe some cottage cheese, little on-the-go yogurts, and put them in the insulator and bring them with you. And make sure to bring your water bottle, but not those water bottles all the time with the plastic water bottles. Bring a nice stainless steel water bottle with some ice water in it and carry those things around they don't add to your briefcase that much it's a mm-hmm. tiny lunch box but it will give you foods that you can eat every hour and a half or so mm-hmm. more small meals sitting around in the airport sitting on the plane eat that cheese stick you know pull out your whole wheat crackers and some and some vashkiri you know some laughing cow and eat some of those things and bring them around with you Fill your your water bottle with green tea and wonderful lemon and honey teas, and that way you're going to not only keep those metabolic boosting things going, but you're also going to have something so you don't binge when you do get somewhere you can eat. Right. I'm getting hungry just listening to you, by the way, because because I haven't been good today as we have had corporate meetings all day and just running around and I haven't haven't been doing what you said. So I'm sitting here thinking, oh, Laughing Cow would be really good right now. Now, um, you were going to, so what, then you're out and you're, you're with colleagues and you're stuck at a restaurant. Now, can you give us some tips for how to order, um, you know, how to order? I, you know, I always fall into this trap. I'll say I'm going to go to a restaurant, and I'm, I always say to myself, I'm just going to have a salad, and then I'm going to eat half of it, and it never fails. I sit there, and then I smell something, and then it just gets out of control. How could I possibly order or control that, or how could we all be better at eating in, at restaurants? I love that question, Celia, because the thing is that first of all, we have to change what makes you salivate. So you smell that hamburger. Wow, mm-hmm. it smells fantastic. And I say, go ahead and eat that hamburger. But then you better not eat one that night, too. And maybe not the next day. You know, you have to eat what you need to eat to make yourself feel satisfied. But you also have to work in your mind ways to to feel filled and satisfied with other foods. So you smell that hamburger and you're determined this one lunch, I'm going to try the salmon today. And wow, you know, the salmon is awesome. So first you want to try and change the way we think. But barring that, you know, barring that, you're in the restaurant. The first best tip is to, first of all, order your dressing on the side. I don't care if you order the full-on salad or the side salad. Never, ever let them put dressing on for you, ever, Mm -hmm. because that dressing adds, oh, my God, untold numbers of fat to whatever. Even if they call it low fat or whatever, never let them put dressing on your salad again. I want your listeners never to order never to order a salad with already, even if it's a Caesar. Do not let them put that dressing on the salad. Second of all, if you're with a colleague who you like and you know, see if they want to share. See if they want to split an entree because the entree portions are so big in restaurants these days that even if you order the hamburger, the thing comes that's the size of your head. See if that person wants to share it with you. Hey, you guys, you don't want to split a burger today? Okay, great. And then you can even tell the, the wait staff, and they'll split it for you. Then you only have mm-hmm. half of it on your plate to begin with, so you're mm-hmm. not tempted to eat the whole thing. Right. If, you know, if they give you the choice to get the fries off your plate and order the fresh fruit or a salad or some other kind of potato, do that because fries become mindless. And while they're delicious, we should only really eat them once a month. 
and soda pop. I can't stress enough to get that out of our lives. I don't let my kids have it except for when we're at restaurants for a special occasion. We can't deny ourselves anything, ladies, and I'm not perfect, and I'm not a health freak. I'm not. I'm a cook. I'm a, I'm a gourmet amateur chef. My kids eat, and we eat everything, but we can't eat everything all the time. So we have to pick and choose your battles, just as you do if you have kids. You have to pick and choose your battles. So when you're in a restaurant, pick and choose. If there's a soup that sounds amazing, like French onion soup, okay, order that. But you know it's got bread in it, so steer clear of that basket of bread. Ask them to take it off the table. If you don't have the willpower, and this is something that I, I speak about all over the country, there's only two ways to lose weight. You can either be that person with unbelievable willpower, like my mother was who lost 120 pounds. You can eat anything in the world from pecan pie to bread to cheese to ice cream in small portions. And you can put little portions like the French do on your plate and be so happy. But if you cannot be that person, and that's a very, very hard thing to do, then you have to be the person that eats larger portions of very healthy food. So in which Mm -hmm. case, then you have to eat those salads with no dressing. You have to eat the pasta without the cheese sauces, without the heavy cream sauces you have to eat the person be the person that it eats the marinara and the sauces the primavera pastas with wonderful vegetables and things like that on there if you can't be a portion control person then you have to be the healthy food person and you have to kind of try and decide can you do it can you mix them up so look at the portions the restaurants serve and see if you can split with someone or if not ask them to please cut the portion in half and put it to go Take it to your hotel room and eat it for dinner. Right. You know, these are things you can do in a restaurant that work. They do, but you have to be an outspoken person and say to that wait staff, make sure. And you don't want to sound like Harry and Met Sally because you don't sound like that. You don't sound like that right. girl asking for everything on the side, but ask for everything on the side <laughs> because then you can add these fattening things as you need to. And believe me, you're not going to use nearly as much dressing. You'll be shocked at how much dressing you won't use. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, if I, I, I want to say first that it made me feel really good to hear you say that you can have fries once a month because that's really liberating to me. You can have like it more said. than once a month. Right, in portion, in portion control, which is great. Um, the other thing is, you know, over the time, you know, I struggle with, um, you know, I'm not one of those ultra skinny people. And, you know, I'm a good, I, I'm, I good, I'm good at staying active and I keep moving. I, you know, I've had, you know, injuries now and again that have kind of slowed me down. But um, a couple of things that I've learned, you know, when I'm out eating, I'm not the willpower person. Um, and I will do radical things like take salt and just douse my food with it so I won't want to touch it or pour water on something so that I don't eat any more of it because I just cannot. I just have to say enough is enough. So I literally destroy it so that it won't be consumed. (laughs) Um, And then with the salad, um, someone once once taught me, um, get it on the side and dip your fork into it and then go into the salad. Like just dip your fork into the dressing and then go into your salad because it actually tastes like your your, um, you've got a lot of dressing on, but you really have got just this tiny minuscule amount. So um, it is, it's always a challenge when you're eating at restaurants all the time. Now we have, you know, carry the food around and stay active and, and what, figure the stress and how to eat in restaurants. 
um, how, you know, we always get all gung ho after hearing someone who's as, you know, in, you know, informative as you. And we, I've, I've written so many notes today, but how do we keep it going? How do we stay motivated to, to continue to diet and exercise and watch our nutrition? Because I always find that I can do it for a couple of months and then I get sidetracked again. And I need to well, find my way back. Well, that's what happens to most of us. And so you have to find your own motivational things. So, for an example, you are the executive girlfriends group, right? Mm-hmm. So, buddy system. That's my, mm-hmm. my first best way. You've got to find somebody who you trust and who's not going to be obnoxious like, oh, should you be eating that? You know, mm-hmm. that, that blows when people do that to me or do that to, you know, oh, oh I thought you were on a diet. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's a bummer and it's a downer. So you want to find a friend that you trust that will be like, hey, you know what, didn't we have fries last week or didn't we have those the other day? You know, I mean, you know, maybe we should try today to order the fruit on the side. So somebody that can buddy up with you. Now, for me, my husband helps very well. He's not condescending, and he helps me keep it in check, and I don't get offended when he mentions things. Some people would. But you have to find someone you trust enough to say, let's buddy up. Let's do this together. So the first way to stay motivated is to find somebody to stay motivated with you because then, you'll, then you're accountable to each other. Another mm-hmm. way is to find something, and I hate to say dramatic, that happens in your life because none of us wants to get cancer. None of us wants to have heart disease. None of us wants to have something like diabetes that shocks you into doing these things. We want to do them. So instead of waiting for one of those shocking things to happen, and I don't want to cause worry, but we can say to ourselves, if I do these things, hopefully that won't happen to me. So as a positive reinforcement to keep us motivated. I go on my treadmill because I keep saying to myself, I don't want to be a heart disease statistic. I don't want to be one of those one in three women. I don't. So, you know, these are certain motivational techniques but besides using a buddy besides kind of scaring ourselves out of it a little bit motivation builds on itself if you can stick with it for a month you'll see results that's the best motivator of all Mm -hmm. you see results and then you're like wow check that out look at my arm i've been lifting weights look at that thing or oh my god i've dropped five pounds i can't believe it i wouldn't stop this now if you paid me so, and as long as you're doing what feels good and you're not depriving yourself of those french fries, you're not depriving yourself of that hamburger. Maybe you've you've likened Boca burgers instead. Maybe you've tried their spicy chicken Boca, which are so good, and they're far less fat and calories. Maybe you found some foods you can substitute. Well, keep on with those and keep trying new foods. Keep trying new produce and learn to cook. And those things are motivation enough if you learn to cook and you find time to cook. And I don't say you have time, you find time. You find time to cook and people say, wow, you know, you're really good at this. That's motivation too. So motivation builds on itself. And finding a buddy and talking ourselves out of diseases. 
That's right. That's wonderful. Now, you know, as we're um, motivating ourselves and cooking, and um, you mentioned earlier, you know, we're always taking care of other people um, as women, and we have families. Many of the members of the Executive Girlfriends Group are juggling their careers and their personal lives and and families and kids. And how do you get kids to want to eat healthy with all, you know, they're in school and their kids are bringing lunches and there's, you know, uh, Twinkies or ring dings or cookies, and, you know, you're really trying to get the kids motivated to eat healthy. What tips might you have or what kinds of foods do you recommend for for kids to, to stay fit and healthy? I love that question because it is part of my expertise. And, you know, the thing is that I I want parents to understand, first of all, any parents with young children have to understand, get them while they're young, start early, start when they're very, very young, eating avocados that's the first best baby food anyway. Make mm-hmm. your own baby food. Avocados. Take an avocado. People say, oh, I don't have time to make my baby food. I'm just going to open the jar. Well, start with an avocado. All you do is open the avocado and squish it with a fork. You know, maybe mix in a little formula or breast milk, and there you go. First best solid food for babies. Start mm-hmm. them getting their little palates going when they're little. If we've already missed that window of opportunity of the two- and three-year-olds, getting them to eat all these great foods, Don't cook separate for your kids. Do not cook separate for your kids. You have to make sure that your kids see you eating these foods. So role modeling right there is a big thing. If you're not somebody that eats veggies, your kids aren't going to. And if you say, oh, you know, I don't really like those, but I'd like you to eat your spinach, they're not going to do it. So we have to cook for our kids. Get our kids involved in the cooking process. My kids garden with me. They pick the they don't love to pick the weeds but they do they help plant the seeds they they help me get all the produce when it's done and then they help me cook it and as a result my 8 and 11 year old not a lot of their friends but my kids will eat anything i can take them anywhere in the world and they'll eat indian food pakistani food french food doesn't matter where we go they'll eat it and it's because i've i've worked on their palates so hard by feeding them such a variety of foods we eat everything you know and that's the thing if your kids do not like a food you try and you say oh come mm-hmm. on it's tofu in a stir fry or you know oh isn't this great this is white beans with a little chili sauce and some you know spinach and garlic in there so good they go, ew try it six times before a child's palate will ch- will change Six times. times. So you cannot give up. You can't give up with kids. And we have to encourage them. And you know what works with kids, ladies, is, excuse me while I'm a little bit sick, is telling them, like Popeye used to, this is going to make you strong. This is going to make you healthy. And we do not want to go to the place of this is going to make you thin. We do not want to go to the place of, oh, my God, I'm so fat, I need to lose weight. We don't want our kids to hear us say that because that encourages this epidemic we've got of eating disorders on both ends of the spectrum with our kids. Mm -hmm. So we want to be healthy. We want to use words like healthy, strong, fit, faster, stronger. And as a result, my little girl says, Mom, if I eat this, I'm going to be stronger. Yes, you are, baby. You sure are. And kids are so funny. They'll eat it. Mm -hmm. 
and and then they'll say, look, is my arm stronger now? It sure is, <laughs> yeah. babe. It sure is. Look at that. Look at that little bump. You didn't have that before. It works. It really does. They want to please us, mm-hmm. and they want to do these things. And And one other great tip I'd love to give your listeners, because if we're trying to get our kids to lose weight, if you do have heavy kids, which in this country we have an epidemic of childhood obesity that is getting out of control, and and even as adults, we have an epidemic of obesity. If we all get pedometers and say to our kids and our family, okay, everybody, competition here. Whoever gets the most steps today gets to pick the movie we rent or the movie we go to this week. Oh. Or gets to pick the new next video game that we buy. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is, make it a competition because your kids, believe me, they want to win that competition. Yeah. And they will jump up and down and run up and down stairs to beat you in that pedometer. But right. trust me, even the husbands and the wives, everybody gets involved. And everybody <laughs> wants to win that competition. And you'll see how many steps you get in a day. And we shoot for 10,000. 10,000 steps a day. Yep. Whoa. <laughs> and you'll That's be surprised. You airport tip. ladies you airport yeah. ladies will probably hit that 10,000 without even batting an eyelash. But your oh, yeah. kids will be like, oh, my God, i got to beat Mom today. She was traveling, <laughs> so I'm going to go run circles in the backyard. You'll be shocked <laughs> at how many how many of your kids will get to try and get over it. That's a wonderful tip. Um, now, as we're kind of nearing the end of, um, of uh, the interview session here, I'm not sure. I'm just going to check really quick to see if there was anybody who dialed in after we started the recording who might have a question for Melanie. Don't speak up at once, y'all. Don't all right, right, right. Uh, well, that's okay. So, I, before we um, before we go, I just wanted to ask you for: Do you have any last what if, parting words and last excellent tips for nutrition and health and family and balance and and all of that? Well, you know, first of all, I, I'd like to say that we, as women, and I'll reiterate it again: we we take care of everyone else in our lives and accept ourselves. So we have to concentrate on ourselves. It's not selfish. We have to be the best that we can be or we can't help those other people in our lives. So we have to see our doctors. We have to get our checkups. We have Mm -hmm. to eat as healthy as we can while not denying ourselves the cravings. We have to have our corned beef and we have to have our French fries and our wine and the things that we love. We have to have those. But to combat those things, we also need to exercise get rid of some of the toxins that are in our bodies from being out and about in the world, being in airports, being in stuffy rooms. We have to get our bodies cleared of those. So you have to get that cardiovascular exercise in, our strength training, our meditative exercises, yoga, all of these kinds of exercises that help us to clear our minds. I can't emphasize enough getting a good night's sleep. Even Mm -hmm. with little kids, sleep contributes to obesity. It's proven. Sleep contributes to stress, which contributes to that cortisol. So we have to take care of ourselves, get a good night's sleep, get our exercise, see our doctors, make sure we do those pampering things that we need to do for ourselves. Otherwise, we are not going to be able to help the people that we love. That's wonderful. This has been a wonderful interview. I know there's going to be a lot of people uh, who will listen to this after and download it and just be um, taking notes wildly, fast and furious as I did. I'm going to take a second here, Melanie, and just stop the recording.
but we'll just say thank you so much. Oh, you're and, welcome. Uh, this My has pleasure. been wonderful. It's really been wonderful. I have lots of notes, and uh, I'm going to check you out on healthradio.net uh, and here's some more great health tips and uh, and check into some of your other um, other topics as well. Thank you so great. much. Thank you so much, ladies. It was a pleasure. And I hope I gave enough tips and things people can do oh, right now today. Oh, wonderful. Wonderful. Good. Thank good, you good. so much. Take okay. care now. You too. Bye-bye. Have a nice weekend, ladies. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye-bye.